Bonjour everyone, and how you doing? Fred here with episode 7 on Pottoms Up. And across from me is my buddy Blato. How's hey, it going? Hey, Fred. And then off to my right is Nobs, our engineering department. Everyone have a Hello. good Christmas? Nobs? Yeah, it was relaxing. It was good. Yeah? Anything special Santa bring you? Or? Uh, I did get my record player this year. Sweet. So I got turntable. Turntable, turn record player. Record player. Who's this? Vinyl Richie Cunningham? <laughs> <laughs> When's Fonzie coming over? Anyway, he doesn't I got even one know of those. That is. Yeah. <laughs> and I uh, got it set up and uh, listened to a few albums, and it's good. I like it. Having a good time so far? Yeah. All right. Wish You Were Here sounds real good on it. Oh, that's good. That's a, that's, that's a. As it should. A, a nice piece to have in your early collection. How many do you have? How many album vinyl do you have? Four. 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 Well, uh, Fred and I were thinking about that and mm -hmm. thought, you know, <clears throat> nice appreciation for all of the techie things that Knob does for us. Um, we could add to that collection, perhaps. Oh. So a couple of Christmas presents. So what what we did, Nobs, is our, our thought was you're gonna buy albums, no doubt. Right. But wait before you open it, our thinking was is we would try and find albums that we loved that you would never buy and try not necessarily to influence you, but just to share our love of music, our love of turntables. Okay. And so what we did is we each picked an album from our own collections and passing along to you. This is from your personal collection? Well, we bought them, but they were ones that we have in our personal collection. It would collection. stay in my personal collection yes, if I, I wasn't giving it to you. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I bought you a duplicate. Because <laughs> I'm not going to give you mine. What you got? Um, I don't know what's that say. <laughs> Robin Trower. Robin Trower. Bridge Bra of size. Bridge of size. Um, if you're right. not familiar with Trower, I'm not. Based on the other things that you've been purchasing for your collection, I think you will really like it. Okay. I, he was it, like an algorithm. He tried. He tried to figure <laughs> out what you're gonna like. Well, because as Fred said, if I was to do it based on influencing, mm -hmm. then you would have gotten a, some Bob Dylan. Yeah, yes, you would. Because that's what I want to influence and spread around the world. Um, but I'm not really sure, you know, you know, Bob Dylan, there's a lot of love-hate there. And I didn't know which camp you were in. Then Pete Townsend, Chinese Eyes. No, all the best. All the best cowboys have Chinese eyes. Oh, okay. There's more to it there. This is a solo album. So now we know that he has never seen either one of these two albums. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is good. We've yeah. Bottoms up. Bottoms yes. up. So um, we've, we've accomplished our goal. And uh, you, you may hate them, but that's okay. No, he won't hate Bridge of Size. I don't think you're going to hate Pete Townsend either. It's maybe a different cup of tea for you from what I know that you like. Mm -hmm. But... Uh, I think if you give them both a couple listens through, you'll learn When to I knew you were a Floyd fan, Bridge of Size fits right in there. Okay. I mean, no, there, there's nobody comparable to, to, to Pink Floyd, but it is sort of a heavier metal, kind of acidy, um, trippy. trippy rock, you know? Yeah. Yeah. 
I think you're going to definitely like Robin Trout. Well, I will check him out this weekend. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate that. Yeah, and that's just a little token of our... We can spin one after the podcast. Yeah, Yeah, just a little token of our... Appreciation. Appreciation, because we know you've been putting in a a bunch of hours fighting with technical stuff on our Fred and I just have to show up. Yeah, we just got to show up and (laughs) be the on-air personalities. Here at One Shot Studios. How was your Christmas, Blotto? Um... Following up on last week's little rant that I have, and I don't mean to do it again, about uh, online shopping, mm-hmm. I realized <clears throat> two days ago uh, that I had not received a Christmas present for my son. I'd forgotten all about it oh, oh. because I <laughs> ordered it in plenty of time and even paid the express shipping, ordering it on December 13th. Express shipping, guaranteed, uh, in 12 days. This was for your son? Or yes. For, okay, okay. Yes, and I had forgotten all about it. And him and I were at the record store, and that's when I realized, oh, at the music store, not the record store, because it, it was an accessory for his guitar. And I'm like, hey, you know what, kid? You got another present coming. <laughs> and, and, and so I, I, I went to track it. The tracking is all BS. And I didn't know it was coming direct from Hong Kong when I ordered it. Oh. And oh. I wrote, I, I, I came <clears throat> up with two emails for this company. I wrote them both immediately. So that was uh, uh, two days ago. Yesterday, still no reply. Today, still no reply. And um, I'll probably have to call Hong Kong and raise some cane. Or what I'm going to do is I'm going to dispute the charge that they've already taken and then, you know, put the bank on their butts to, to try and, you know, get my money back. But I don't know where this thing is, and I don't know if I'm going to get it. <laughs> and there was nothing when I ordered it that told me it was going to ship from Hong Kong. In fact, their website made it seem like it was a U.K. website. So when I was, when I was about ready to call them this morning... It, it would have been the UK. I thought it was going to be called the UK, and then the uh, the international exchange. I looked at it a second time, and I plugged it in, and it was Hong Kong. I'm like S O B. Merry Christmas. Yeah, but other than that, it was a great Christmas. Other than that, well, you you, you look like you're in jolly spirits, so we'll assume you're not lying to us. <laughs> <laughs> and for you, Fred, it was really nice. Uh, Nice and quiet. Um, we had family over on Christmas Eve, and yeah, we did family stuff too. It was good. I mean, wasn't a huge crowd, and we ate too much. Had a lot of good laughs, and uh, did our white elephant gifts, which were fun, banana included. And then uh, Christmas Day, it was just my my brother family. saw one of the bananas today. Did they? He doesn't understand it, <laughs> and I'm like, there's really nothing to understand, and he was like. What are you talking about? I'm like, I'm just talking about the banana you have in your hand. He's like, yeah, why do I have this? I'm like, that's the whole point. We're trying to see if you have a pulse. Because if you if you do, the banana will affect you. Uh, I, I, I know you didn't hear. I was talking to your significant other. And uh, my niece's daughter, ninth grader, I believe, ended up with the banana. Ah. And she was just, at first... Totally creeped out. Yeah, as right, a, right. As a girl that age would be. But then later, she's stretching it no, like three, four can't feet. Can't let go of it. Can't let go. She can't put the banana down. 
So the next day we get a, um, a text. The banana bit it. She was pulling on it so much it ripped. Oh, whatever is inside of it. Ugh, probably toxic. It was some kind of <laughs> squishy, sandy stuff. Yeah. All over the place. She tied a knot in it. Banana. Going with the banana. The banana's right. back. Right. So. <laughs> Anyways, and Christmas Day was just a quiet time with the immediate family, and it was great. Never got out of our pajamas, watched Christmas movies. Perfect. And ate lots of garbage. Yeah. Yeah. And it shows. All, All right. right. Let's get so, to the beer. Let's get to the beer. I'm, I'm very thirsty. Uh, today, Blato has supplied for us New Holland Brewing their brown ale for the autumn, which is called Cabin Fever. Um, let's see. What are the statistics on this? It's 6.5 alcohol. And I don't see much else about it. Yeah, they don't put the IBUs on it, so I don't know how bitter or malty it is. Brown ales can be either, I've discovered. Um, uh, I, I don't even know much about New Holland. Is there a, Do they have another beer that I might be more familiar with? I don't know. Um, I've Dragon Milk? Yes. Yeah, yeah that's right. New Holland. Okay, yeah. Um, and uh, we... Uh, we took note of the label that says it's a comforting companion for the long mind-bending winters that we have here in <laughs> Michigan. So it is over. although although hard to say when it was almost sixty de- degrees today. But <clears throat> yeah, this is New Holland Brewing from Holland, Michigan, over on the left coast of Michigan. Let's open them up. Yes, by all means. Uno. Oh, it's stuck. <laughs> it's stuck. Something's magnetic. This whole thing is, actually. Oh, I put my phone weird. in there. It sticks. All right, bottoms up, guys. Bottoms up. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Huh. Happy New Year. Almost. This is our New Year's Eve edition. This is the New Year's Eve edition, or New Year's edition. You know, we're going to recap all of the great stories from 2018. No, mm. we're not. That is good. <clears throat> Um, I will start out. Yeah, please. Um, <clears throat> I have had cabin cabin fever before, and it happens to be my favorite. Isn't that when you murdered the rest of your family? That's right. That's right. I had the fever. <laughs> <laughs> but it was after I had the beer. <laughs> but um, this happens to be my favorite brown, brown ale. Um, we started drinking this, I think a year ago is when we stumbled across it. No, two years ago. It was actually at New Holland Brewery. And uh, we look forward for, to this every autumn here in Michigan, and uh, I love it. Can't say much. Or it's just is this a, is this like, a, would you almost call it a traditional beer with you? Yes, yes, yeah. absolutely. Okay. Yep. So um, what do you think of it? Um, it's, it's a little on the bitter side for me. Um, you know, we've had some other brown <clears throat> ales, and, uh, um, I, you know... It, I'm breaking my own rule. I don't like to compare. Each beer stands on its own. Um, but right now, I, I'm going to probably go meh on this one. Just as my, my first reaction. Um, and I'll go meh on you. <laughs> no, <laughs> Never just, take it personal. I'm just joking. All right. Nobs. Nobs. Uh, I like it. I've had this before. Actually, I believe it was at your house, Fred. I thought I was bringing something new to share. You shared the cabin fever with me. <clears throat> 
No, and, uh, no, Nobs has the fever. <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> and yeah, it's for me. I like it. It's good. It's definitely for me. <clears throat> Two thumbs up. All right. All right. And I promise uh, I will finish it. And I actually um, have more left over. This was a six-pack purchase. So. Uh-huh. And they will also not go to waste. Uh, the, the bottle's very tall. doesn't stand up on my proper shelf in my refrigerator. Only, only beer I found that is taller than all the rest. Ha-ha. So, Another reason to no, like no, it. No, a reason it's I don't like it's it. dominance over uh, the rest of your beers. <laughs> it should be shorter. <clears throat> all right. Um, uh, in the last week, uh, uh, Fred, what, what, what has uh, crossed your path that uh, has kind of jumped out at you and made you want to scream? As a matter of fact, I, I did happen to run across something. Uh, it, in fact, it was just today. I, I was actually was like going the whole week. Nothing had actually caught my attention or made me laugh or cry or scream. Mm-hmm. But I, I did run across one today that I'm hoping it's going to be funny, but I'm not sure if it's a regional thing because it could be a regional joke. You guys oh, well, are we'll familiar see. with yeah. CVS pharmacies, right? They're national. Oh, are they? Yeah. Okay. Well, have you ever purchased anything there and seen the receipt that they give you? <laughs> it's usually an arm or two's length. So <laughs> I ran into this picture. It says, one of my blinds broke in my bedroom, so I just went to CVS. And look at the picture. <laughs> and then they've got the receipt. <laughs> it's, it's hanging like a vertical blind. <laughs> uh, I just, that just made me You laugh. wonder, like, what is all this for i know i mean it i know part of it's probably like the survey but look at that all the the breaks in that thing those are different subject items <laughs> yeah please take the survey for a, a future five percent off your next film developing i don't know this cracked me up so and saw it today so brought it along how about yeah. you you have to stumble upon anything uh yeah this one was more political in nature um and you know, fairly viral. We'll make sure we put them both up on the uh, Facebook page. Um, but it was a, a meme that was kind of a reminder of the tax cuts, and it talked about two trillion in tax cuts, so many billions for corporations, and then it went on to say, average annual reduction for a, a hourly worker was two hundred and twenty-five dollars annually, and a two cent increase. In hourly wages. Ooh, that much, eh? So it, it just sort of, you know, is a reminder that the tax cuts were nothing more than a bunch of BS for the middle class and for, um, you know, everyday Americans. And then there's, you know, it, it, it kind of dispels, again, the myth of trickle-down, where even factoring in bonuses. So remember there was that big, you know... Everyone's um, getting $1,000. $1,000 bonuses, bonuses, whatever, you know, corporations sucking up to Trump... And, and even factoring those in, it has averaged out to about two cents uh, an hour for the, hour, the average hourly worker. Whoa, slow down. Yeah, Maybe. like what do you, what, you know. What are you going to invest in with that? <laughs> what are you doing with your two cents an hour? Um, what stocks are you buying back? <laughs> stocks. Yeah, okay. Uh, <clears throat> and then normally we would do fact check here, but we really don't have much to fact check. If we missed something from last week that... You thought we were incorrect on? Please let us know on our 
Pottoms Up Facebook page, and we'll go back and look. But um, at, uh, at, at first review, I thought it was a fairly flawless show. Yeah, we were about as close to perfect as we get. <laughs> Unpolished but honest. Wouldn't you say knobs? <clears throat> Would you not agree? Bottoms up. Bottoms, Bottoms up. up. <laughs> These bottles sound different. These, they're not only tall, but they're much quieter. They're, they're, is it these? It's a lower tone. Oh, maybe. Oh, let's try it. Our twosies. Stuck. It won't come out. Bottoms up. A little bit better, but uh, no, there's still a lower tone. That's something, something, something in the glass. Okay. <clears throat> uh, this week, um, you know, again, uh, no shortage of material in the political realm. Um, it, it, will it ever get boring? I don't think so. I, I just, I, it, it doesn't seem that way. And, you know, this kind of stuff doesn't, doesn't even have anything to do with the Mueller investigation or... <laughs> Um, you know, Syria or anything like that. I mean, it just, and there's plenty to talk about there too. Um, but we're going to, we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, shutdown and kind of what it means. And, and then we'll wrap up the show um, by, by talking about what everyone seems to talk about on December 31st. And that is New Year's resolutions mm-hmm. or how meaningless they are, perhaps. <laughs> um but regarding the, the shutdown, I, I, I did think that we should set some ground rules first. And, and that is, um, you know, the, the shutdown is, is caused by Trump wanting this wall and the Democrats not caving in on that. And I think the wall in itself has to be a future show. That it will be just about immigration and immigration policy um, because that's where it belongs. And, and I think what we should do here is just kind of talk about the shutdown and not get into so much of the why of the shutdown a little bit there. But mainly, I don't think everyone understands what a government shutdown is, especially those that aren't directly affected. And right. we know that there are hundreds of thousands and, and, and probably millions of people that are affected. And, you know, this goes back to what we were talking about last week, even with, you know, um, the, the early withdrawal or other things that Trump does, they affect millions of people. His decisions affect millions of people, mostly negatively. Yep. And he just doesn't give a crap. Well, he's very short-sighted, too. <clears throat> yeah. He, he doesn't take into account... Well, he has no depth. The, he has no intellectual the curiosity. The ripples right. of his actions. You know, no, It's not no. just affecting the, immediately, the immediate people involved. It's like ripples on a pond when someone throws a stone. They just keep going out and going out and affecting more and more people as they go. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and even when he's told by some media organization, because nobody else around him really seems to, uh, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't have any effect on him whatsoever. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, so I, I kind of thought we'd, we'd kind of start about, like, you know, how, how did we get to this shutdown beyond just the fact that he wanted a wall and the Democrats didn't want to give him a wall. What typically happens in this situation is Congress passes a continuing resolution, a CR. Right. And what basically that says is we got issues that we can't tackle, so we're going to just kick the can down the road. I hate using those kind of political cliches, but we're going to do that. We're going to 
you know, push off this problem un- until the next go round. And a continuing resolution basically funds all of the government and agencies and organizations at the same rate that they were funded at prior. Correct. And so there's no real budget cuts. There's no budget increases. And those are handled separately throughout the year occasionally. Um, and that's what should have happened in this situation. And uh, Trump said he was going to veto a CR. And, and But he, he first agreed yes. to... The Senate's unanimous, 100 people unanimous, yes. he said he would sign that, continuing resolution, pick it up after the new year. And, and then what happened? Well, he listened to the Rush yes. Limbaugh's and yes. the Sean Hannity's and the uh, Ann Coulter's of the world. Laura Ingram was a big one. Oh, Laura Ingram, yeah. right, right. Yeah. And he decided he wasn't going to sign it. And, and, and those are the people that are running our, our government. I mean, it's all about appeasing his base. Yep. Yeah. Um, but yep, yep. on the CRs, I find it very frustrating, just as an American, how many CRs have been issued over the last 20 years. And, and you got to wonder, why aren't they doing their job and Correct. getting their budgets in order? Because right. CRs you, ought to be the exception and not the rule. Right. Where you work, they have their budgets in place by a certain date or things shut There's down. There's no kicking the can down right. the road in right, business. Right. No, right. I- no idioms are yeah. allowed. <laughs> uh the, the last full year budget that we had passed prior to the fiscal year was 1997 without any CRs. Now, and in and, and 2012, they did something in the year. So 2012, there was also a budget passed, which basically had a few changes. And then they did a consolidation of the CRs <laughs> for that year. So that kind of counts as a budget in, in, in 2012, but not really, um, you know. Most of the time, there could be as many. There was one year that had, I think it was 2011, had eight CRs. Just just continuing to say, we'll look at the budget in three weeks. We'll look at it in another three weeks. Because it was all about the ACA and, and oh, the fight over I the was ACA. Just gonna, my, my question I was going to ask you, was that all partisan-based? Or were they just not doing their job? But once you say ACA, Obamacare, I know it. Partisanship. Right. Absolutely. Well, 2010... The midterms, Republicans took over the Congress again. You know, then they were up against Obama. But 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 notice they 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 didn't hold up the government basically because they didn't agree with the funding of the ACA. They just did the CRs, right. and that's the way they that that everyone sort of saves face and wins politically, right? I mean, that's kind of the idea. Um, the other thing that uh, is is kind of unique to this shutdown is that shutdowns are actually kind of rare. Um, Since uh, 1981, there have been 19 funding gaps. So that would include a a shutdown of three days or less. And there's only been three full shutdowns. So there's been a lot of shutdowns, but they haven't been really full shutdowns. They've been what they call funding gaps. And then there's the late night sessions in Congress, and then they work together basically to issue the CR. <laughs> they're the they're the call you bluff period between no and then let's do a CR, and and that happens a lot. But actual shutdowns are are fairly rare, and, and we're in one of them right we're now. Right we're in what day seven right now? Day, day seven. Day seven. Yeah, and the other two lasted between thirteen. The other three lasted between thirteen and twenty six days. 
so it it may uh, it certainly may fall within within that group um, because well, of the way this is playing out. Even though they call them shutdowns, that would give you the impression that by doing so, they're saving money, but. Actually, the opposite is true. Isn't that correct? Right. Isn't that correct? Right, 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 right. What happens is, um, well, first, there's just the lack of productivity. So that gets factored into uh, lost money. And second, you know, there's some wage and salary savings because of these people that aren't getting paid. But in the end, they usually do end up getting paid. And in many cases, they might even get um, interest or um, like additional pay on top of it. So whatever savings Trump's has talked about, how this was enough to even pay for the wall, no, it wouldn't be. I don't know how long the shutdown would have to be to accrue $5 billion worth. Um, you, you know, the last one that went, I think, 16 days, uh, they ended up paying $2.5 billion back in salaries plus 10% interest to, an, um, or $10 million in interest on that salary. Um, so there really isn't any savings. And I mean, you know, just just the idea of trying to take the savings out of people's <laughs> wages is, is diabolical. You know, it, it's just awful. Um, yeah. So, you know, this is just clearly something that Trump wants to fight for. Yep. He could have had the CRs. Uh, he could have gotten money. He's, he's had money offered to him before. Uh, for the wall or for border security. And he's elected to... Poo-poo you know, it. Yep, yep, just so he can keep this fight up because it rallies his base. Yep. You know, I don't <clears> even <throat> think the base really even understands what it is that they are rallying around because Trump doesn't really even understand what it is. I, th- I think he's probably come to the realization that there will be no 2,000-mile-long concrete wall. Yep, uh... I think that's never going to see the light of day. Not in our lifetime. Um, yeah, no, and, and it's not practical. I mean, there's 700 miles of wall now. Uh, I'm sure it can be improved upon, fixed, put the holes, you know, get rid of the holes in the fences, whatnot. But the other places that there aren't a wall, there's reasons that there is no wall there. <laughs> Either, you know, it's it's terrain that is not possible to build not a wall. Wallable. Yeah. Or, Unwallable, or that's natural barriers. Say that. You know, um, I always used to kid around with with people about, well, where's the wall going to go in the Rio Grande? Like right down the middle, mm-hmm. <laughs> or do we put it on their side and we keep the Rio Grande, or do we block off the Rio Grande? Where exactly does the wall go in the Rio Grande? <laughs> and another question is, what about private property rights? The people that the border happens to fall upon their land, right? Right. There, there, there's, there's no eminent domain plan for any of that. Um, there's people that actually own property on both sides. Right. And, and cross-grazing. So, um, yeah, no, this is just a fight that Trump wants to have. That's clearly all it is. <clears throat> so if he wants to have the fight, who do you think the winners and losers are here, Fred? Who, who owns this shutdown? Well, he does. He, he took credit for it, so I... Laid in his lap. Now he's trying to pass it off on the Democrats. Now he's blaming it on the Democrats. He said he wouldn't. <laughs> he told Chuck, Chuck and Nancy, "I won't blame you. I won't blame you. I'll own it." 
He, didn't he say something about a mantle? Uh, he'll that, carry the mantle? Oh, I thought he said mental. Yeah. <laughs> and, he was looking in And that mirror. he would be proud to oh. shut down the government over border security. So yeah. how, how this is, any, how, how this can be misconstrued or misinterpreted as anyone else's fault in ownership other than the president's is, is not genuine at all. It's, it's, it's now just trying to be revisionist and put blame uh, not on your party. Well, he, he's, he's calling the Democrats out as obstructionists. I don't see it that way at all because they've given him money for border security in the past. Yep. I think it was one or two billion. I don't know the exact figure on that. 1.6 billion. And up to date, they've only used 6% of that money. Right. He doesn't even have a plan. And I, and I heard Chuck Schumer say that. One of the reasons that he was never going to get this money because he doesn't have a plan. And, and I, again, I, we, it's so easy to delve into the immigration debate on this. Another one of my kind of like, you know, tools in my tool bag when arguing with people about the wall is, where's the study? I can get behind the wall. Show me the study that says this is what the impact is going to be on illegal immigration. This is what the impact is going to be on crime. This is what the impact is going to be on drugs. This is what the uh, economic impact is going to be, positive or negative, on our workforce. You show me the thorough, unbiased study. I don't even start with a biased study, right? But show me the study because <laughs> there is no study. And what does the government do? Research and study. They may not be good at a lot of things, but they're good at spending money on that kind of stuff. Right. And, you know, the, the CBO... They have a lot of unbiased information that they share, but there's been no requisition of a study to show the impact of a wall. And if it showed, if, if, if it clearly showed that that was what was needed to help solve the, the issues that, that plague America, um, then I would be behind it. You know, but everything, every time you look into that issue, everything you, you read about says uh, it's a waste of money <laughs> and that there are far better ways to solve these issues. Um, you know, so, you know, it's, it's just nonsense and, and that's why he owns it, you know, and the people see it that way too. A couple of polls, uh, Reuters just came out with a poll, 47% hold Trump responsible. Now, what I think is interesting <clears throat> is when you look at some of these polls, 47% are holding Trump responsible, 33% blame the Democrats in Congress and 7% blame congressional Republicans. So I think that's kind of an interesting where either you blame Trump or you blame the Democrats. I'm, I guess that's just going down the party line. Yeah. You know what I mean? Either, either you're a Republican Trumpster or, you know, you're a Democrat, but it's all of the Republicans that are saying, okay, we're going to blame the Democrats and that they can only muster 33% of. You follow me on that? But, you know, to me, it's either <laughs> Trump and Republicans <laughs> and the Democrat. But I, I think it's just people uh, uh, input inputting on the poll based on their on their own bias. <clears throat> Another poll had 43 percent basing uh, uh, blaming uh, Trump. And uh, that was a plurality. They didn't get into what the other ones were. You know, who else was to blame? Um, so it wasn't a ma majority because. It was probably naming other bodies like Democrat, 
Congress, Republican Congress, and and that was forty three percent. Another stat that I came up with was fifty two percent of voters, so including some Republicans, say he's never going to get the funding for the wall. Wow. So there's there's a, there, there's a, a fair amount there that are saying uh, you're you're fishing off the wrong dock. It ain't going to happen. <laughs> Um, the other the other thing that I, I, I found kind of interesting to take note was um, the way the Republicans are trying to slough this issue off. They, they're they downplaying this. And, you know, you've heard some of these most deplorable comments by Republican congressmen about how federal workers are not working paycheck to paycheck or this is what they've signed up for. Um, just comments like that, just completely out of tune which I don't really think they're that far out of tune. I just think they're lying to make it sound like this is not that big a deal. And and when asked about the seriousness of this shutdown, the 52% of Democrats said it was a serious problem, and only 12% of Republicans said it was a problem. Are these politicians you're quoting here, or you're saying these are Democratic and Republican voters? Voters. Oh, these are voters. Okay. Yeah, and 52% of Democratic voters said this is a serious issue, and only 12% of Republicans say the government shutdown is a serious So even though they can continue to want Trump to, uh, to carry on with this shutdown, oh, it's not a big deal. Only 12% of them are saying it's a big deal. It's ridiculous. Um, fortunately, Trump's... Uh, <clears throat> And this is something I'm sure he watches. His favorability, blah, 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 is, uh, is falling again. It's back down to Charlottesville level. Oh, goody. Yeah. <clears throat> Coming home to roost. Mm. Um, so there's, there's, there's a lot of polling out there right now um, that show that it's, it's really, the, it falls on Trump no matter how much they try and spin it. Well... That's what he asked for, so may as well uh, shove the blame his way. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and, you know, some of the stuff is going to come home to roost. You know, the, um, um, the Office of Management and Budget, they looked at the 2013 shutdown, and they said it resulted in 120,000 fewer jobs, not in the federal sector, in the private sector, the shutdown created a loss of jobs and cut economic growth rate by two to or 0.2 to 0.6%. And when we're talking about, you know, 2 to 3% GDP, 0.6 is a lot. Yep. And how long did that shutdown last? Uh, 16 days. And it had that big of an impact. That's amazing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Those 12% Republicans haven't seen this report. They've seen it. Like I said, they're just spinning it saying, hey, it's no big deal because it fits their narrative. They know it's a big deal. So who, who do you think um, uh, who, who do you think are the folks that are mainly affected by this? Hmm. Well, of course, the government workers. Mm-hmm. The, First and foremost, and, and they're they're basically um, segmented in, in two groups, right? Right. There's the uh, essential services, and they have to work and not get paid, and then they have the furlonged, 
or furloughed. Furlonged. Furloughed? Furlonged. That sounds <laughs> um, like something like you do out in a field with a tractor. I'm isn't a it a horse racing term? Furlonging? <laughs> <laughs> he won by seven furlongs? <laughs> I think it's a length. Anyway, so you furloughed. So you have, and and then you have uh, another segment um, that are furloughed, which um, uh, they're sent home with no pay, and and they still might get it, might end up getting some back pay, uh, but not necessarily. Um, On the uh, on the essential services, um, those would include. Uh, people like correctional officers in federal prisons and federal jail, uh, mm-hmm. law enforcement, customs, border patrol, TSA, TSA, um, and the Coast Guard, which has been, uh, for some reason, has been um, set outside of the military, outside the Pentagon. I didn't know this. Did you know that Coast Guard fell under Homeland Security? No. When they created the Department no, no, no. of Homeland Security. They took the Coast Guard out of the Pentagon and put it mm-hmm. into that cabinet position. Uh, I found that fascinating. And um, Now, even if it was in the military, for those that are interested, uh, there was a spending uh, budget that was p- put into place in September of last year for basically a year, funding the military, health and human services, labor, and education. So it, it kind of got mixed into one of these CRs, but that funding for those four organizations um, is set for the year. Now, if this government shutdown went till September, then those four huge agencies would also then be out of funding. Right. You know. Now again, the military always has to work just like the Coast Guard, and they're doing it without pay. And, and what happens when you do it without pay? Well. I mean, what, what what do you think the attitude of, of the of, of the employee is? Probably pretty piss poor. I mean, they're going there basically with a gun to their head. Yeah, I'm sure they see it that way because they figure they're putting their time in. It, it can't be a morale booster. No, no <laughs> probably not. Probably not. No, it's it's um, you know. And how many are going to decide to leave? I mean, you can't leave the Coast Guard at a whim. But, you know, you can certainly, you know, decide, okay, I'm not going to be a federal corrections officer anymore, and I'm going to go work in a private prison. Yeah, because, I mean, a lot of the government jobs are stable and pay a decent wage and benefit, but in a lot of cases, people outside of the government could find better paying jobs, better benefits, a lot of these people do these jobs because they feel a sense of service to country. Along, you know, sure, they're good jobs, pretty solid jobs, but a lot of these people mm-hmm. do it be out of service to their country. They they want to serve the whole. Yeah, no. But when you do stuff like this to them, it's just like, well, why am I putting up with this? Here, I, I put myself forward taking a job maybe that isn't quite as much pay or as good benefits, but I'm providing a service to my country. Why should I hang around for this to get yanked around every year? You know, it just doesn't make sense. So, like you say, people leave, and probably the ones that are leaving are the better ones mm-hmm. that that can afford the mobility of doing it. That's exactly right. You know, and and so then you've got to backfill them with what could be people that are less qualified, because 
who would want to go work for the federal government right now? <laughs> I mean, think about that. You we really got to have a strong sense of, you know, especially in a tight labor market, right? Unemployment is still less than 5%. Um, so you got you to gotta believe that there's some job mobility. And, um, you know, we, we may need more um, undocumented residents than we had before <laughs> to take government jobs. <laughs> um, also, very quickly, just uh, for people that are curious um, about what might affect them, um, there's also mandatory spending that is outside of the budget. And, you know, that includes uh, Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid. And, you know, people will still get their checks or they can still go see doctors and get paid. So those agencies, um, because they're also sort of outside the, the typical budget as entitlements, um, uh, they're really not affected. Um, but as you look into this, it can be more and more, um, there can be more and more people affected as they're trying to work through the government agencies. So something that might be available to them is no longer, which helps them get to the next step. You know, so for, for perhaps applying to um, get on um, Medicaid could be more challenging. Right. Than if you're already on it, you're probably okay. And, um, you know, there's, there's lots of things like that happening. Uh, and then there's the other group which is the 380,000 federal workers um, who are furloughed. And, and this is basically almost everybody else. It ought to include Congress. <laughs> I've <laughs> well, seen a couple of memes this week. Well, they ought to be in the, uh, man, uh, they, they should be in the essential uh, category, but no pay. Yeah, no pay. And they're paid. They oh, get their checks. Well, I'm sure they do. Absolutely. It's insane. How, how could, how, how is, how can that be justified? How can anyone in the three major branches be getting paid? All those people in the White House should not be getting paid. Well, they're getting paid, and they're getting their Obamacare insurance. Yes. Yep. So. And, and yep. Um, but just a couple of the departments that uh, are, are closed: Department of Commerce, NASA, um, National Park Service, which you know millions of people visit every year, and that's one of those one of those things that always kind of stands out, but. I think in, in in the grand scheme of things, it's not the one that, you know, gets my ire up as, 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 as others. But, you know, a lot of people plan vacations, you know. Especially around Christmas, right? New Year's. Right. The Forest Service, the Department of Transportation, Housing and Urban Development. This one is big because there's a lot of people that need things out of that agency in order to buy a home if they're going FHA for flood insurance, those kinds of things. They, they need things out of HUD, and if they can't get them, um, you know, they're just hung out to dry. And, you know, we might think, okay, that doesn't affect you or me or somebody I know, but there's 300 million people in the United States every day, more and more people, or, you know, you know people are stepping up needing these things, and then people, you know, are dropping out and don't need them, but it's ever fluid. Right. And that's why these services <clears throat> are so important. Um, the IRS uh, is also on furlough. Now, I don't know what this means come April 15th. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna have a bad attitude. <laughs> um, <clears throat> a couple of those, a couple of others that are affected um, is the USDA. 
And this is where the Trump shutdown is bad for business because farmers need the USDA for lots of things in terms of, you know, managing their crops. And the large farms are constantly in communication with the USDA. And if they're not home, it makes them stop. It's a productivity killer. Yes, it is. You know? <clears throat> um, another one, uh, if you're in the uh, steel business, you're trying to figure out uh, tariffs and you're trying to, um, you know, a- anything having to do with import-export Basically, commerce is shut down, and so if you're trying to work with the federal government on how to handle tariffs, again, you're SOL. Stand still. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> um, FEMA, I think we already, I may have already mentioned that. What happens if we have a disaster? We, you know? we do have one. <laughs> <laughs> a natural disaster. Okay, we have it's a man-made the, it's disaster. It's in the oral, oral yeah. office. Um <clears throat> The Emergency Food Assistance Program, which basically offers federal aid to food banks and to low-income organizations that provide food mostly to children, they're off. It's, 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 it's just astounding. And as this rolls on, more and more people will be affected, not just the 800,000 people um, that are government employees. Yep. Yep. So how long do you think it's going to last? Fred, what's your call? Well, from what I've been hearing, the house that's going to be coming on on January 3rd, they are saying they already have proposals that should be bipartisan and should be approved by everybody, but the, the backup will be at the Oval Office, so... Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't foresee January 3rd being the magical date. I, I think this is going to go probably second, third week of January before the pressure gets to be too much and someone's going to blink. And I think it'll be the presidents who will blink. Yeah. So probably second, third week in January. That's my guess. Um, I, 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 I hope so. I'm, I'm not as optimistic. I'm not sure that that he's going to blink. I, I mean, based on the way that he has reacted to his base and the uh, wingnut media, I'm I'm not as confident that this thing couldn't go into months. And um, I I kind of think the only way out is a veto override. But then I'm putting faith in McConnell, which. I really hate to do, right? I mean, he's worse than Trump when it comes to political power. I mean, that's all he cares about. Everything is politics and everything is power. I mean, you know, Trump doesn't even have uh, um, uh, that kind of principle about him. <laughs> and uh, But McConnell does. But that, that, to me, McConnell can get most of the Republican senators to vote as he says. And if they put forth a CR that has everyone on board and, you know, that nothing else, you put that in front of the president. If he doesn't sign it, you veto override. And then you, and you're done with it, you know. Make that CR out there for 
six, eight weeks, months, whatever, whatever it's going to take, um, because then you're probably going to maybe it jump starts a, a broader discussion on, on immigration reform. But that that to me is is what has to happen. Um, but I heard a, a a senator, or I think he was a congressman, congressman the other day uh, on Chris Hayes show, and he basically said there will be no veto override. I mean, that's how much they fear this president. That's the part I don't understand. They are afraid to have a veto override of Trump, no matter no, no matter what. What are they does. afraid of being tweeted about? I, I I think the base. You hear their that. base is what they live on. That's all they have anymore. That's what keeps red states red is the base, and they lose all of that if they start to show weakness to the liberals. The socialist, um, you know. <clears throat> um, w- one last thing I came across here that I, I thought was um, kind of humorous, but maybe in a sad way. Uh, you know, the government has kind of prepared, and the White House is kind of preparing for this to be a long haul. And one of the things that they have come up with are sample letters from the Office of Personnel Management going out to, they're on their government website, and if you are, you know, not getting paid, these are templates that maybe you want to put your name, form letters, (laughs) to send to your creditors or your landlord or your mortgage companies explaining why you can't pay. I I heard them. They were read on news stations. (laughs) There's... One of them that there's one line that's in every one of the letters, and that is, if you need legal advice to assist you in any response to creditors, consult with your personal attorney. Oh yeah. <laughs> if they don't have one, I'll lend them my personal attorney. So you're you're Those a federal are... employee making sixty five thousand dollars a year. You're you you got you know. You know, $3,000 in payments a month or whatever it is between car and mortgage and loans. And, you know, so you're, you're, you're going paycheck to paycheck and just going to call so, up your, your, your personal Dewey Cheatham and Howe and have him go fight the government and your creditors. So don't they all have a, a lawyer on retainer um, just in case something like this and, should arise? And, and this one, this one, I, I <laughs> this was in... The template letter to your landlord. So oh. if you're paying rent, they're very understanding. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> it's it says in there you might want to tell your landlord I would like to discuss with you the possibility of trading my services to perform maintenance, as in painting or carpentry work, in exchange for partial rent. <laughs> winning, more winning. <laughs> This is what this is what the government expects people to do that are now without a paycheck. Okay, let's try and guess which one of those clodhoppers in the White House <laughs> wrote this up. Miller, Kushner. It, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Kushner on this Kushner. one. Yeah, Miller would be like, if they can't pay the rent, deport them. That's right. <laughs> Just figure they're illegal and kick them out of the country. Yeah, it does. It does. If they can't pay the rent, they're obviously illegal, <laughs> even if they have a birth certificate. It's forged. So. Uh, I, I, it might even be the kind of thing that Ivanka would say, hmm. because she strange. tries to you know relate to everyday people, right? So who knows? Yeah. Um, 
the last thing that I, I came across um, on the topic of the shutdown, because I wanted to mention this and then I'll post it on the Facebook page, um, was an article by Matt Iglesias from Vox. And he explains why there will be no deal. And what he says is the, the Republicans know that getting a wall is bad. It's bad physical responsibility. You know, and it, it, it doesn't do what they want to achieve. And so they're not willing to give up anything to get nothing in return. <laughs> Typically how this would work is, okay, and remember we kind of went down this road. Trump was going to give up DACA for the wall. Right. And then Stephen Miller swooped in and said, well, we got to cut legal immigration and we need more interior enforcement and we want to end um, birthright and all that stuff, right? So... The, in the 11th hour, they threw in all this stuff that they wanted to get because they really don't want the wall. Because the wall does nothing for them. And, you know, McConnell knows it. We don't know what Trump knows, right? But but Miller knows it. The wall is just a symbol for his base, but they really don't want it. If they really, if this, if this was so, so important, if this is what everything that the Trump presidency was about, they should be giving their left arm for it. But they're not giving anything. Right. And that tells you that they don't really want it. And the Trumpsters can't figure any of this out. I mean, maybe one's listening to this and maybe they'll read the Iglesias article. But that's it, it really encapsulates it very nicely to say you don't really want they don't really want the wall because it's pointless. And that's why they're not giving up anything for it. And that's why this thing could go on. That, that's why. And that's where our, my skepticism comes on, you know, comes into play that may not be January. Good point. All right. Yes. Time for another beer. All right, guys. Bottoms up. Bottoms up. All righty. Now off to the treasure trove to see what Blatto has in store for us now. Uh, let's see. It is a Dragon Mead, Eric the Red, Irish style Amber Ale. I, I have to say, I I did pick this one out with me in mind. You did? Because <laughs> I like this beer. <laughs> oh, okay. <clears throat> All right. Um, you're familiar with Dragon Mead Brewery? Oh, yeah. It's very close to us. Probably, what, 10 miles from here? Yeah, they're less than that, actually, I would bet. They were one of the uh, least, in this area, one of the first true... Mm-hmm. Brewery places where you just went in, sat down on some picnic tables, and just had the craft beer. They they weren't serving food at the time. I think they just had pretzels and maybe some other. I think you could order pizzas in and things like that. So they've been around for a while, and they are definitely a local favorite because they have some killer beers. What so, I what I kind of relate to uh, Dragon Mead with. Is their location. Yeah. So the first time somebody told me to go and meet them at the Dragon Me Brewery, it's the service drive of 696. And I'm like, there's no breweries on the service drive of 696, which is very industrial. And they had the address. So I even went to Google Street View to see where the heck would a brewery be. And I'm looking on Google Street View. I'm going up and down on the service drive, right? And I'm not seeing anything that looks 
like a brewery. Right, because it doesn't. It doesn't look like a brewery. <laughs> it looks like some industrial building like on the side of the highway. A, a boring mill factory or something. <laughs> yeah. Or whatever. And, and I had that impression up until I walked in the door. Yep. So parking the car, I'm still, am I in the right place? There's other cars here. I'm still not getting this. I'm not, I'm not understanding how this is a brewery, the craft brewery thing. And then you open the door and it's well decorated. I don't want to say, you know, but it's, you walk in the door and you are now transformed basically into, you know, the middle ages of London. You know, it's like, oh, Okay, I get it now. You leave the industrial park behind. <laughs> so that that's my impression of, of, of Dragon. And then they, they have another beer there, which I don't know if I've seen bottled. Um, the Holy Smoke. Holy Smoke. Oh, it's a smoky beer. It is so good. I don't believe I've had that one. And there's somebody else that makes a smoke beer, too, because I've had one. I saw it on a menu, and I thought, okay, I've had the... Uh, um, I've had the dragon meat, so I'm going to compare, and that was also very good. But the uh, the holy smoke, um, it 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 literally is just like a, you know you have smoky scotches, you know it it, it has that aroma, nope. and I don't know how it's infused with with that smoke, but it is sweet. Yeah, cool. but didn't see that about. But anyway, so right. Eric the Red, Amber Ale, bottoms up, bottoms up, guys. Happy New Year. Hmm. I, I well compared to the last beer, mm-hmm. is so mild. <laughs> you, you know, probably should have done them in reverse order. <laughs> yep. Finished heavy. Yeah, I, I mean it's almost it, it. Yeah, it's almost kind of like a Coors Light. <laughs> but no, it's not. I mean, I, I think it's a good beer. To me, it's a very good beer. There's no bitterness to it. Nice multi red ale. So this is this is all for me. What do you think, Nobs? Um, I agree with Bottle 100%. Um, even with the brewery description, spot on. When, when you walk in there, it's all themed and wood tables, and it's fantastic. I love yeah. going there. Uh, the beer, uh, I've been a fan of it for a few years. Matter of fact, I had some last night. <laughs> I was at a, a restaurant near my house with a buddy of mine, and they had it on the menu, so I got one. Uh, on tap or bottle? Uh, tap. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, it's definitely for me. I've, I've had this at Dragon Mead, and I remember liking it on tap more than I'm liking it now. Mm. Well, that's most beers, though. Mm. Yeah. They're almost always better on tap. Yeah. So I think it may How be... often do you order a bottle of beer when you go, go out? Never. If I, if I can help it, I never do. Yeah, I mean, it's... Never. It, it's I always it, ask for what's on tap. That's the thing, right? I mean, that's... Yeah, I'm the same way. And if they pour it right, mm-hmm. yep, that's the way to go. Yeah. Do a little side note. Have you seen the, I guess they'd be like aerators that you can take a bottle of beer and pour it through it, and it's supposed to make it taste like it was on tap? Mm-hmm. I mean, aerators for wine, but for beer. Yeah, you just, I'd be like, worried about losing carbonation. I guess you just pour it's it in there, and it, and it does something. <laughs> it's a Ronco. Ronco <laughs> beer aerator. It's a throwback. <laughs> Is your beer not fluffy uh, enough? But wait, we'll send you two. <laughs> I'll just cover shipping and handling. A coworker of mine has one. He's a big beer drinker, and he swears by it. And what? Yeah, what? I would. I would. 
I would be afraid of losing carbonation. Yes. Yeah. He, he says it doesn't lose any carbonation and it just tastes like it's out of the tap. Hmm. So we'll look into Interesting. it. Interesting. Yeah. Maybe we'll get one for the studio. Yeah. Probably. You're you're saying you're afraid it's going to lose carbonation? Wouldn't this thing enhance it? Doesn't that make you think more of a no? I mean, draft you, no, beer? no. Running it through air doesn't add carbonation. You got to run it through CO two. Right. So what's the aerating doing then? I don't know. I mean, we'll like I say, I, wine, I kind of understand. <clears throat> you, you want the air to to hit the, the wine molecules. So <laughs> breathes quicker. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, you know, we, we have a friend that uses a, a wine aerator every time, and, and, and he, he swears by the idea that it's a you can take a $6 bottle and turn it into a $43 bottle. Because I think that's what it says in the package. Okay. So that's what he goes with. 43. That's. And I think that's what it was. That's a demarcation. <laughs> it's not 44. No, not that good. Not that good. 43 just strikes me as, that's, that's a weird number. If he just said 45, that would have been a lot more acceptable and believable. <laughs> 43, for some reason. There's, there's no 45. There's some question there. Because, because the, the, the wine makers, they know that 45 doesn't sell. So there's 43 and there's 47. They skipped the 45 price tag. Hmm. So what is that like? Top of low rent is 43? <laughs> Top of I, I call that uh, I call that bottom of high rent. <laughs> for any, anything over $30 is bottom of high rent for sure. All right, but we are beer drinkers, so we're yeah. not going to worry ourselves about the vino. That's sissy wine. <clears throat> So, like I mentioned earlier, Happy New Year's, guys. And this is our New Year's edition. Mm-hmm. So it would be the last show of 2018 for Bottoms Up Podcast. It's been a hell of a ride. <laughs> <laughs> These six and a half episodes have... Uh, do, do you remember that first episode? With, uh, barely. <laughs> We all remember episode six, though. Oh, yes, we do. (laughs) Both of them. Both both, both of them. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so since it is towards the end of the year, and we move into 2019, what do people do when they move into the next year is they make New Year's resolutions. They're silly resolutions. Do you think they're silly? I, I guess I do now. Back when I was younger, I I don't know why, but I fell into that whole thing. And every year we'd try and figure out some way to enhance my life, make it better, make whatever. But I participated years ago, but now it's like I don't even, it doesn't even register anymore. I don't even think about it. Right. Even though I know. We don't care about shit like that anymore. I don't care about shit. (laughs) I just don't. (laughs) We got too many other things. But that's not going to stop us from talking about it. Nope. Nope. (laughs) What about you? Did you make one for 2017? No. No. I haven't made one in forever. He's an old soul. (laughs) The last one that I can remember that I made and that I fulfilled was 2013 going into 2014. So 2014 New Year's resolution. And my New Year's resolution at that time... And it's just sort of contra to what a lot of people would say was to do more Facebooking. I don't get it. It's an awful resolution. 
in 2013. Zuckerberg got to him. No, no. 20, <laughs> 2013, I had uh, gotten my divorce. Okay. And uh, I started to realize that Facebook was a pretty good tool to stay in touch, both with friends and but, Russians. Um, I didn't know that at the time. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, and, uh, and family. And so my New Year's resolution for 2014 was I'm going to be more active on Facebook so I can stay in communication with people that, you know, you know because I wasn't concerned, you know, when you're married and you got little kids, that's your whole world, right? I mean... You know, you weren't you weren't really trying to expand your 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 sphere so much, and um, I kind of caught on in 2014 that um, uh, Facebook can do that for me. So I started to make posts and add pictures. You know, Tinder did that for me too, but in a different way. <laughs> uh, but, What's but, Tinder again? <laughs> but uh, it does come back to that a lot, doesn't it? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but, but anyway, uh, so, no, I, I thought I did a really good job of achieving that and achieving the goal. You know, now I don't, you know, maybe the resolution should be the other way and, and, and cut back on it, right? But, I, but that's not really what my New, new Year's resolution would, would be. Protect your family. Don't get your <laughs> personal information stolen. Don't be abused by bots from Russia. Yeah, I, I think. Uh, maybe we should all do it right now. Make a, a compact resolution between the three of us to do less Facebook. I don't know. I, I don't I don't see the evils in it. I, I just I just don't. I'm not saying that I couldn't do less, you know, my significant other. She's off right now. Taking a sabbatical? Yes, couldn't handle it anymore. Especially with her family. That that that's the issue. You know? I, I'm fortunate in, in that way that my, my, my family kinda sees the world as I do. And for those, you know, I think, I don't know if we talked about this in another another episode, but, you know, for those that don't, that's more of a, a challenge. But anyway, back to uh, resolutions. I, I think there's pros and cons of doing it. Like, you know, everyone can make the same old cliches, right? Going to lose weight, going to get healthier, going to go to the gym, going to be a better person, whatever that means. And then you kind of think to yourself, well, if you really wanted to do it, why didn't you do it last year? <laughs> like, you really didn't want to do it, so why does it take a resolution to do it? Why didn't you do it in June? Exactly, yeah. I did <clears throat> I, I, I did read an article about um, New Year's resolutions are the wrong way to go, and you should do Monday resolutions. Oh, each week? It, just do one every week. Start every week. And if you fail, you got the next week to try again. That made sense to me. It seems to make more sense, yeah, for sure. Just, yeah. We just tag on to these New Year's resolutions, maybe because it's fun. Eh, eating healthier is not fun. No, no, just to make the resolution, you know, whether you stick with it or not, right? I mean, the, 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 the pro side is, okay, yeah, you make a bunch of, you know, cliche resolutions and you're not going to stick with them anyway, but what's wrong with, at least talking about self-improvement, <laughs> right? There's, there's nothing wrong with, you know, rhetorically <laughs> saying you're going to self, you know. <clears throat> anything anything that, that jumps out at you, Fred, for a New Year's resolution or? or Me? Yeah. No, not in, the, not in the slightest. 
It was interesting today. I was talking to my wife, and I just was sort of like asking her what she thought about this subject. Yeah. You know, just looking for some feedback from an outside source. And uh, it was kind of funny because she brought up a fact, her and uh, another friend of the pod, Shells, they don't have New Year's resolutions. They have New Year's intentions. <laughs> and so I think they saw that as an easier way to get out of the whole feeling bad about the failure mode. Right, because resolution really Resolution is like heavy, you know. Yeah, it's like resolute. I might get arrested or something if I don't fulfill this, but an intention, eh, maybe I'll make it, maybe I won't. Yeah. I thought that was an interesting um, viewpoint on it. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't be the stat man without... Bring in some stats. All right, let's hear them. All right. Um, most popular New Year's resolutions. All right. Uh, number one, actually tied, one and one A. 12% of the people say they're either going to be a better person or they want to lose weight and do more exercising. So those were, that, that makes up 24% of the, of the folks out there. Coming in at number three, 9% are looking for a better job. Which I guess that's a decent New Year's resolution. I mean, I'm not really, I'm, I'm not sure it falls within what I would call a resolution. That might be going up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so is that 9.1 percent of the people is that a resolution to get off your ass and? Do... I guess so. If you're unhappy with your work, don't complain. Right, go get a job. Seven percent want to. I never to... saw that as a resolution. That's what I mean. Yeah. Seven mm, percent okay. want to improve their overall health, which I don't know how that isn't in the top two. Add, add that to the 12. So um, 6% are looking to uh, kick the smoking habit that should be or much some higher. other. That should be much higher. Uh, just not that many people smoke anymore, I don't think. I think that's why it's so low, right? Mm. Um, 6% uh, plan to spend less money. And save more. I guess. And then, and then there's the other 30, which are all like, you know, Whatever it is, like like I'm going to be more active on Facebook. I guess that falls into the other thirty, the obscure things. Yeah. <clears throat> and then uh, you know, I've also found an article here about uh, ten reasons why it's absurd to bother with this. <laughs> and many of those things we already touched on. Uh, I'll put it on the Facebook page, and uh, we can. I can share it there, but uh, most of them are, why bother you didn't follow through with it last year? I'm going to take a different approach. I'm going to take, instead of a New Year's resolution of what I am going to do, I'm thinking maybe I ought to pick something that I'm not going to do. Hmm. So what my New Year's resolution is, and then, you know, uh, a year from now, we can go back and roll the tape and see how I did. Okay? <laughs> All right. I, I plan on not learning the clarinet and not joining a jazz quartet. How are you going to pull that off? I, I, now, I kind of figured if I end up learning the clarinet, but I don't join a jazz quartet, eh, I'm going to give myself that one, right? If it's the other way around, if I end up joining a jazz quartet, but I haven't learned the clarinet... It's not going to work. But I, you know. <laughs> so that's my New Year's resolution. You know, it, it was total non sequitur, but um, just in general, I got thinking, because I was trying to think about this topic for today and what we're going to talk about, and I just started thinking about 
not so much the the resolution, but how important is the date even to people anymore? Because think about this. When you were, again, I go back to being younger, it just seemed like it was a much bigger deal. Big parties, get blasted. We're old. We're old. All right. Go to New York City for Times Square, which yes, a lot of myself have done. I've done it three times. But nowadays, it's like I really have no desire to seek out any activity on that night. It's amateur night. It, is it even that important to you as a holiday anymore, other than a day off of work? Um. I think I, I do. You see it as like this thing where it's a new beginning. And- I do. I, I, I honestly do. Even in just you know, we haven't done anything big for New Year's Eve, New Year's Day in a long time. But we've had some people over. You know, um, uh, this year I'm going to a hockey game with my son. <laughs> yeah, a lot. Yeah, but uh, but we've had people over, and it, it does seem like when that moment clicks over. I guess I have felt kind of that that that's behind me. I'm going to try and look forward and, you know, good or bad, you know, the previous year is now the previous year. That's what it is. Uh, maybe that only lasts that that 30 seconds around, you know, when, when the ball drops. But I, it does affect me that way. Absolutely. I, I personally... Non-event. Non-event. Nothing. The whole thing. It, it's, yeah. it's a non-starter. It's like... I, I see the ball's going to drop in 10 seconds. I'm around all these other people. But, meh, nothing. <laughs> it, it's not that I'm being pessimistic or Debbie Downer. It's just, I just don't feel that anymore, you know what I It's mean? like any other midnight. Yeah, it's like any other midnight. And it's like, it, it almost feels forced to, woo, spin the noisemaker well, th- and blow that, the that, horns yeah, and that, all that. Yeah, that part I think is overplayed now in in, in our current uh station right i mean so yeah that that part but but like i said when one year flips over to the next i do kind of feel that that an event has occurred you know what's probably my biggest thought is i'm going to do my best not once to write the wrong year on some documentation (laughs) that's a bigger deal to me that's your resolution than that ball drop (laughs) i got all the way through 2018 i didn't do it once. Oh, well, then you've already conquered that. Was that my resolution? I didn't know. It, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I actually was really thinking about this today and, and, and thought, okay, I'll make a joke about a jazz quartet. But the, the, Oh, is that a joke? But when I, <laughs> no. But, uh, yeah, I do have a resolution. I actually, I, I do have a, a, a legitimate resolution, and that is I'm going to try and watch less television news and replace that with listening to more music. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. No, I'll, I'll... it's fairly easy for me to turn off the TV, and uh, you know, I, I work out of the house, and the news is on a lot. Um, but a lot, as in nonstop, more or less. <laughs> and I have so many other ways that I'm catching news nowadays. I don't really need to have that daytime news feed going, and while I'm working. I'm sure I would be much more productive and happier if I took that time and um, and just played music during that same period of time. So I'm gonna I I'm not put I'm, I'm not I'm not giving it a number. I don't want it to be quantitative. I just want to say okay, I want it to be qualitative, 
And if I feel like I've done it more than I have in the past, that would be a win. That's a win. How about you, Nobs? What are you, what are your thoughts on this? You, you kind of heard us go back and forth. What are you thinking? I'm all for self improvement, but like you kind of said before, why does it have to be that day? You know, you can do it in June, August, whenever. Um, but I do. I would like to read more this year in 2019. So yeah, I'll do a little mini resolution not to read X number of books, but just more. I have a book that I've almost finished for the year. A book. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm trying to get that done before I go back to work. So I guess that's that'll oh, be okay. my, my mini resolution. Oh, okay, all right. I think I have 20 pages left, and I haven't picked it up yet. This break, in in the, it's a small book, big letters, and I still haven't got to. I've been reading a mammoth book. Mammoth book. Yeah, it's 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 over 500 pages, small print, thin pages, everything. Um, but I'm I'm not reading it as much as I'd like. But you know, <clears throat> we'll do a show on that. All right, bottoms up. All right, happy New Year's, everybody. Happy New Year's. Bottoms up. We're out. We're out. Cause baby, I hate you. Cause baby, I hate you. Cause baby.